0: are listening to aubrey cd speaks to find out more information about this podcast or for future episodes you can go to my instagram and my twitter aubrey cd speaks and be sure to subscribe like comment and review thank you so much be blessed welcome back welcome back This is the second episode to season two. Now, this episode, I'm kind of meshing last episode together. And if you don't know, if you're just kind of uh, listening to whatever you see on my uh, podcast, um, this is kind of going along with last episode. The last episode was about the gospel. And I shared the gospel with you, which was the whole point of that episode, was simply sharing the gospel. It's important. It's imperative. I mean, it's about your eternity, and it's vitally important. And so I wanted to share it, although I know there have been times in my first season that I share the gospel with you. I wanted one entire episode to be about the gospel and, and just um, being able to share with you. I mean, the, the point of having this social media, the point of having this type of media um is to is to do what I'm called to do, and I'm called to preach a gospel I'm called to share what the Lord has given me, whether it's something that he's told me about or it's something that he wants me to share um, which has been what this podcast is all about and sharing it's bringing freedom into your life as well as my life and sharing experiences that I have had and um, just being able to build up and encourage one another in the faith. This one, um, like I said, is meshing in with my last one. And honestly, it's going to be about why we preach the gospel. I've heard it for years where people are like, well, isn't the gospel, you know, negative? Isn't it made you, doesn't it cause you to feel bad? Isn't there another way to share God's love than making somebody feel bad or feel guilty about what, you know, their lives? And, um, and so, I mean, I've had that example in my life where, uh, my husband, um, just felt led by Holy Spirit to change things up this one Saturday. And if you don't know, my husband is the Kilted Preacher, and you can find him on Twitter and Instagram. And um, he goes out and he preaches the gospel on this particular street corner every Saturday, or almost every Saturday, um, somewhere between 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. So if you're in the state of Texas and you're within the DFW area, My husband is on the street corner of Precinct and Pipeline um, in Hearst, Texas, and he goes out and he open airs, and he shares the gospel, and he invites anyone that's sick or has an injury to come up for healing, because one of the big things that Jesus talked about is, uh, you know, wherever the gospel is preached, there's, you know, there follows healing signs and wonders, and actually... And Jesus even encouraged disciples when he separated them one time, two by two, and had them go out. He told them to um, to preach repentance, you know that the kingdom of heaven is near, and to heal the sick. So they were to go out and preach a gospel and heal the sick. And that went together. And my husband is a firm believer that when the gospel is preached, that signs and wonders follow. And quite honestly, He has seen the evidence of that in his life and in preaching the gospel. Uh, People have been healed. So um, he takes it very seriously, and he has the faith for it. So if um, you ever just want to hear him preach, you go out there and and listen. Uh, Go out and bless him. Uh, Go out and receive healing. But I digress. My husband, the kilted preacher, decided that um, Holy Spirit was leading us in a different direction this one Saturday. We went to the Dallas Museum of Art as a little family. I haven't said anything about it on here, but anybody that knows me or that I've actually opened myself about (laughs) with this, I've shared with this, is uh, I'm, I'm an art nerd. I love art. Um... Whether it's, uh, you know, I like different mediums. I'm more of a, you know, traditional classic, you know, art fan. Uh, I'm not too big on modern art, although I have a a good friend, who is a, an amazing artist, and um, I love I love her artwork. It's it's very modern. So if you if you uh want to look up I know she has an Instagram, a Facebook, uh look up uh Leo Burns Studio and uh you'll find you'll find her artwork there. She has a website where she sells it. It's on display in different places in DFW area. Uh, beautiful artist. I love her work. Again, I'm an art nerd and um I, I went my bachelor's degree. Um had a lot to do with, uh, archaeology, uh, ancient history, and art history, and I went all the way up into, um, the Reformation with, um, my art history, because I absolutely love it, and I, uh, I was actually, before I got born again, I was actually working on, um, pursuing my master's, I was accepted at uh, uh, SMU, that's um, a university here in Texas, and um, I was going into their museum studies, I was going to, and I had already talked to people, I had an internship waiting for me when the time was right, um, as a museum registrar, uh, or an assistant, you know, interning for them, with the museum registrar, and I was going to go into that field, uh, where I could uh, travel with the art pieces that uh, were being borrowed at other museums. And uh, I, th- I thought that was an amazing um, type of life. And I figured that uh, at some point, if I wanted to be a museum curator, I would. But at, the, at that time, I was perfectly satisfied with um, working on becoming a registrar. And the reason for that was because I also wanted to work on, um, finding pieces that were lost during World War II, et cetera, and getting them back to the proper people and the proper countries. And, you know, UNESCO has something about that. And my thesis paper for my bachelor's was actually about that particular thing. And, uh, so I had plans and the Lord, uh, Lord came and swept me off my feet and directed me in a different on a different path um, which I'm perfectly happy with but I'm a huge art art fan and I love I love it all and my husband knows this and so he loves to take me to museums where I can ooh and awe ah about stuff and um, in his words I act like a five-year-old uh, about artwork and I'm like a kid in a candy store with art especially if it's ancient history, uh, ancient art, I'm, you get me around pieces of, you know, ancient Egyptian, uh, Mediterranean, you know, Greek art, I, I go nuts, um, so, um, he took me to the DMA, and there were people over, um, one of the corners of the DMA outside, that were um, sharing hugs and passing out bottled water waters on this hot Saturday. And just showing some love. And my husband went over to talk with them. And um, found out that they were believers. And so he asked them if they were given the gospel. And if that was their way of you know, being able to talk with people and share the gospel with them and stuff. I don't want to tell you the whole story, but basically, they didn't share the gospel because they thought that the gospel was, um, sharing the gospel was a, uh, um, like, maybe not hateful, but not loving. I'm guessing because of, they felt it was kind of negative to a person, didn't make them feel good, and they wanted to share God's love, and they weren't sharing the gospel so that people can experience God's love, you know what I mean? So my husband talked with them, and it it seemed to be a wonderful conversation. It was going both ways, and everything, you know, it looked good, and uh, they seemed to all really enjoy it. But he left them with revelation of what the gospel is, and why a believer in Christ preaches the gospel, why a Christian preaches the gospel. And so if you are listening to this podcast today, and you are, you clicked on it because of the title of oh, Why Do We Preach the Gospel? Or Why Does a Christian Preach the Gospel? Um, I hope that you're listening to this in an, uh, an open manner where you can hear this. And if you haven't received revelation of why If you're a believer in Christ and you've been told or you have some misgivings about sharing the gospel with a person, I hope that this brings you some clarity and revelation and freedom and joy in your life. Um, This isn't meant to condemn at all. I mean, it's not meant to be that at all. Um, And I also, you know, I hope that, uh, that it's received and it's received well because it is important to preach the gospel. And if you are a believer that has this idea, because I know it's out there. I've talked to many, uh, Christians over the span of, since I've been born again. Um, and I went, I used to go to a, uh, a Christian college for a period of time. And I know I I talked with people that that they had some doubts about whether or not they were called to preach the gospel. Um, and they felt like maybe they were called to do some other things like just intercessing or uh, uh, just, um, just worship and just encouragement and things like that. So I'm hoping that what I say today will help you guys as well if you're still kind of in a place where you're in a, you know, kind of in limbo and you're not too sure what to think. Or what to expect, or you know, if you've never really heard about this, all you know is that the gospel is this this thing that makes people feel bad, and so you you think it's hate filled. So let me let me uh, share with you today on why Christians preach the gospel and why it's important to. Um, I would say that the first reason, um, and this should be your first reason, I think. As um, you're compelled to by love. You know, it, it's, I know that there are people out there in this world, and we've seen YouTube videos, I mean, I've seen them myself, that where people are, you know, street preaching, and I, I put, you know, parentheses over street preaching, and they're, you know, again, you know, quotes again, uh, sharing the gospel, and, uh, it sounds, you know, they're they're saying all kinds of horrible things, and they're pointing at people, and they're saying all kinds of horrible things, like, gays, you're going to hell, and a lot of times they call people fags, you know, you're going to hell. I don't even like, I don't like that word. You're going to hell, and, you know, this person in a bikini, you're going to hell, and, you know, all this stuff, and, I mean, I've seen those on YouTube, and that's not the gospel, <laughs> Pointing at people and saying you're going to hell is not the gospel, so don't. You know, and and I'll talk about why this isn't, but um, that's not love. You know, you're compelled to preach the gospel to a pe- to people because you're, because of love, the love that God put in you. See, when you're born again, and, I mean, you've repented. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. You know, if you're doing it in humility, if you've humbled yourself before God and you've repented of your sin, God responds with, you know, taking out your heart of stone uh, that's full of sin, cannot hear him, cannot feel him, cold to his presence, and he puts in you a heart of flesh that is soft and tender, can feel his presence, hear him, uh, receive what he has for you, and what he does is he fills you with love and i'll never forget when i mean and i i talked about this in in an episode i'll never forget when when um i felt that love the love of god the love of the father being poured into me and it completely changed my life there were other moments when he did it again but that that first time is life changing. You're never the same after you truly experienced the love of God being poured into you. And, um, I mean, think about when you were born again and who you talked to and you had no fear. There was no shame and going around and telling people that you're born again you're gonna tell them, and then you and then you tell them, hey, you can you can have this too. What I have, what I experience, what I know, you can have it too. And they're so you you know, you don't go around doing it because you know, you hate that person. You're going around and doing it because you love them. And you love them so much, you know, you don't want them to die in their sin and go to hell. You want them to to have experienced what you've experienced. And it's not just, an ex, it's not just the experience. Um, it, it's not a fleeting experience like so many things in this world is. It's long lasting. It's as long as you flow with him and let him love you and you love him. There's a consistent A consistent uh, experience, a consistent time with him and abiding because that experience becomes abiding with him and abiding with his presence. And it, it increases as you, as you walk with Christ, that experience, that love, that joy, that peace that you feel when you're first new in Christ increases in your life. And it can increase in your life if you don't let the kill joys, you know, kill your joy. Uh, <laughs> um, But it's meant to increase. And that love that's in you that wants to tell everybody, you know, even the person in the drive-thru that uh, Jesus completely changed your life. And now you're a completely new person like that, that stays, that remains, it's meant to remain And you do it out of love. You're not doing it out of hate, right? I mean, do you remember that first time when you were born again, when you were so new in Christ and you just wanted to tell the whole world and you suddenly were like, man, I've got the answer. And that's one of the other things. That is one of the other reasons, uh, actually, (laughs) of why Christians preach the gospel because they have the answer. They have the answer to that lifelong, that, that age old question, what is my purpose in life? We have the answer, and the answer is to know God, to know who you are in Christ, to to be with the Father, to know the Father, to be loved by the Father, and to walk in His love and remain in His love, to have dominion and authority and power on this earth, um, and to walk in it on this earth for as long as you are on this earth and to continue to remain in his love. I mean that's that's your purpose in life. Your purpose in life is to be with God. And it's not just something you get to have in heaven. It's something that you're to have here. And Jesus was a perfect example. It's what you have here as well. Remember it. It's all in love. In love you are I mean when you're first born again, it just kind of comes out. There's no filter when it comes to sharing people Sharing with people the love of God, what Jesus did for you and sharing the gospel with people and inviting them to church and, 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 and telling them things and, and, and showing them scripture and what the Lord is saying about it. And, you know, all that, it just comes out of your mouth and there's no filter for it because it's not coming out of your brain. It's not coming. It's coming from your heart. It's coming from your spirit that is, um, one with him and it's rising up, and it's flowing, and that's what it's meant to do. You're meant to be, you're not meant to blend in with the world, you're meant to shine. You're meant to be set apart from the world, and it's not one of those set apart from the worlds that you have to whip yourself into this, this being of holiness. It's abiding in his love, being set apart by his love and his presence, his spirit that's within you, that's flowing out of you and you shine. Like we're, we're to shine like the stars because this world is in darkness and we're to walk around like, like a, like a torch that's lit and that's showing, you know, those horrible bright LED, um, car lights, you know? Oh, they're, absolutely horrible and they're blinding you, you know, at night as you're driving, you know, past them and they're so bright, but they show you everything that's around you. And and that's really blinding when you're on a street that has no street lights. <laughs> and those, those, those babies, those babies are like floodlights and you can see everything around you. And that's what we are to be on this earth, we're not meant to blend in with the world, we're meant to shine, shine so bright that it's blinding, and people are going, what is up with you, why, why do you shine this way, what, why are you so different, why do you always have a smile on your face, and I know we're not perfect, but like, that's, that's what, that's what he is to be in us, and through us, and around us, and when we are in that place of our first love, when we remember our first love and what it was like to be with our first love and continue on with our first love, because with, with the Lord, the honeymoon's never supposed to be over. There's, there's no over to the honeymoon. You get married and you might have, you know, a week honeymoon, a weekend honeymoon, maybe um. You know, you go to see the world, so like half a year honeymoon, and it's all nice. And then you know, after that second year, you know, people are like, "Oh, wait till the honeymoon's over." <laughs> when in Christ, the, no, the honeymoon's never supposed to be over. It's always supposed to remain beautiful and amazing. And you're always supposed to look at him and look him in the eyes, and and love him and let him love you and in in the process of him loving you, you can't even hold it in. The love of God compels you to preach the gospel because it can't be held in because you're so in love. You see what I mean? It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you were that person that used to be like that, like, go back to your first love. Just Back. Let go of all the other stuff that people say you're supposed to be, and all the self-help, Christian self-helps on, you know, gosh, I'm gonna say it. All the self-helps on like you version and stuff. Um, say you're supposed I mean some of them are really good, some of them are very helpful, but you're not supposed to live on the self-helps on you version. And I'm pretty sure that the people that do you version would say the same. You're not meant to live on that. That's not supposed to be your bread and butter. You know what I mean? And, and you need to go back to your first love. You need to let go of the things that are on you that, and that people have said that you are supposed to be, and you're supposed to act and you're supposed to look and you're supposed to live and just be that, that person that was so in love with Jesus because of what Jesus did for them. Like that first love. That first love, and the Bible even talks about go back to your first love. It's supposed to be like that, it's not supposed to go away. The honeymoon's never supposed to go away, it's supposed to stay like that forever. And yeah, you might look a little weird, and yeah, you might be a little bit of a freak. But we're not supposed to be of this world, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And people are gonna go up, come up to you and ask you, you know, what's up with that? What's up with this, this, this you? And you're like, well, it's because of Jesus. Like, that's, that's how that's how without words you show Christ. You're not supposed to, you know, it's not the without words you're this, you know, figure of holiness that walks, you know, with gold robes of, you know, righteousness. I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it, it's not like that. It's the love that's in you. It's the joy that's in you. It's the, the, the awestruck eyes of, of, of the first love. And, and, and people, people want to know about that, want to know why you're so different. And so go back to your first love. If you used to be like that, like, go back to it. All right, that was, that was two of them right there. Um, I would say, man, the third one, uh, well, we're commanded to. Or commanded to go and preach the gospel. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you think you're supposed to be doing. Jesus said you know, more than once, you know, and more than one disciple recorded it in the Bible and the gospel. And I'm just going to quote Mark 16, 15, because it's the top one in my head, you know, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And, uh, and he promises that signs and wonders will follow, you know, but, um, that is a commandment. He started the disciples off with doing that thing. Jesus preached the gospel. Um, Jesus told people to repent. Uh, Jesus said twice, repent or you will all likewise perish. I mean, this was a big deal. So, so, I mean, we're commanded to. We're commanded to go out and preach the gospel. We're commanded to tell others about Jesus. We're commanded to tell them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're commanded to tell them that, you know, to well, to repent, or you will all likewise perish. We're commanded to go everywhere, to all the world. Jesus himself said that um, that that when the the gospel was preached to everyone, like everywhere all over the earth, the gospel has been preached to, you know, like every tribe, every nation, you know, everywhere, then the end will come. So we can even be in a place of, well, I don't know if I should be preaching the gospel, come Lord Jesus, come, because we're not doing our side. You know, if we want Jesus to come, we need to be out there preaching the gospel. And, and you can get, you know, don't get religious on that. Okay. Don't, Don't start asking me stuff about, well, this and well, that. Again, first love. Hello, first love. Okay? So you're compelled to do so. You want to do so. Don't let fear overtake you. Don't let what Joe Schmo says about preaching the gospel and how you have to do it a certain way. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Holy Spirit will tell you how to preach. So um, don't be in this place of... um, well, now I have to do it. You know, go out and preach the gospel. If you want Jesus to come, go out and preach the gospel. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so we're commanded to. Um, I mean, like, uh, so uh, um, we're compelled by love. And uh, we have the answer to the age-old question of what the purpose is in my life. We have the answer. Jesus. <laughs> um. And uh, and we're commanded to, and then I would say, you know, why not? Why why not? Why not go and preach the gospel? Why not tell people about Jesus? Gosh, look what he did for us. Nobody else could do that. Nobody, no thing, no entity on the face of this planet historically or present, could do what Jesus did for us. Why on earth should we keep that bottled up inside of us? Because we think we're to only pray or only worship or only encourage people. You're so much more than that. Like if, if, if you got that mindset of you're only two and so you don't preach the gospel, you are so much more than that. You are Perfectly capable to go out and do so. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You are meant to walk as a mouthpiece of the Lord and tell people about Jesus. You know, I never heard, I never saw anywhere in the Bible where it said like uh, Philip felt Philip felt led to intercede and intercede only, so he didn't preach the gospel. Like, look what he did because he went out and preached the gospel. He, uh, talked with that Ethiopian, that Ethiopian guy that was, a, uh, um, uh, man, my mind blanked, but he was really important to, to the queen of Ethiopia. And look what, look what he did. He changed that man's life, changed his life. And then Philip went on and did some really amazing things. Because he knew who he is. He's a preacher of the gospel. It doesn't matter what, you're, what you do in life. Preaching the gospel isn't something that is um, the kind of job, um, you know, where, you know, you clock in at Burger King. And, like, it, it's not that kind of a thing. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift that you give to others. You know, and you're, you know, people are dying every day. People are dying every day. Every minute of every day, somebody is dying. And they may be born again and they may not be. And they're you know, unless you're a hermit, you have been in contact with people. Unless you are a hermit with not with without a phone. You've had contact with people one way or another, whether it's on your phone because of social media apps or your blog or your podcast or your vlogs or you, went, you had drive-through or you had uh, uh, a pickup or you had somebody deliver it to your door, deliver something to your door. You are in contact with people and those people need to hear that there is a way there's their salvation that's been given to them freely. Jesus has already done the work. Now it's their opportunity to believe on him, put their faith and trust in him because people people desperately, whether they want to admit it or not, people desperately desire to put their trust in someone. When, when, um, when, a person puts their trust or their faith in somebody, and that person betrays them. They're devastated. Why? Because they wanted to put their faith and trust in somebody, in someone, and 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 we we know we're human and we're infallible and we're incapable of being perfect. But there is one who is perfect, and who is capable of of holding on to our faith and our trust and, and there's somebody that's worthy of it. That it's somebody that's worthy of, of the love that we desire to give to somebody. There is one who can properly hold on to that and take care of it and will treasure it. And that is Jesus. He did the work for us so that we would know the Father. The Father loves for us to trust him. He doesn't desire anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. The book of Romans says, how are they going to believe unless they've heard a preacher? Paul says, woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. There are people that need the same experience that you have and have had that need to be free from their bondage of sin. We walk around and look at people and we don't see the bondage that's on them, but they're prisoners to sin. They're a slave to sin just like we were. And we have the answer to their freedom. People are, are committing suicides every day murdering people every day. We have the answer to their sorrow and, their, and it's Jesus. And they get to put their faith and trust in the one who is worthy of their faith and trust. And he will never disappoint them. He's got them taken care of. He gets to mold them and and let them grow into the one that, that he has created them to be from the beginning of time. And we need to be loving enough, compelled by love to share with them the truth of what we have and what we know. Never be afraid. And I know that there are times where you're like, I am really nervous about sharing the gospel with somebody today. I don't know what it is, but I really am. You gotta go beyond that. I mean, even if it means just handing them a tract, like get past that and and go. Because the people that are polished, in nice houses need to hear the gospel just as much as people that are homeless and in the dirt. From from the lowest to the highest, they need the gospel. They need to hear the gospel, and it's not that we—it's not what we do. It's nothing we can boast of. You know, we can say, "Oh, I—I uh, I gave the gospel to fifty people today, and uh, you know, I'm just so amazing." That's uh, two hundred people this week, man. No, oh, it's t- nothing we can boast of. They're not—they're not merchandise. You know, they're not, uh, we're not doing sales. We're not salesmen. We're preachers. Oh, we are mouthpieces. We're simply vessels to be used by God to tell other people whom he loves so much about what Jesus did. It's simply, simply who we are. And that's why Christians preach the gospel because of what God did for us and in us and the love that he pours out upon us and his spirit that he fills us with that 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 just burns in us like fire and and it's we're so passionate about the one who is passionate about us that we can't help but preach. And if you're a believer in Christ and you say man I don't feel that way and I haven't felt that way in a long time It's not too late to be that way again. Fall at the feet of the Father. Spend time with the Father. Let His Spirit remove all the religious all the dead bones Then He can build you up and you can rise again. Let Him love on you. Be open. You know that the thing that Cause God to respond when you repented was humility. He detests those in pride, but he exalts the humble. So humility turns his head when we are humble before him and we are honest with him. We let ourselves be humble and vulnerable and open before him. He responds because that means we're putting our trust in him. We're saying here we are, you know, just like Adam and Eve were before sin, naked before you and and innocent, and we put our trust in you and our faith in you to provide in every way. And he responds. Because we're his children. And he loves that. That's what he's that's what he wants. To abide with us. And so when we're in that place, he'll respond. And he'll pour out his love upon you and he'll bring you back to your first love. That's all you got to do. It's just yield to him. There's no no 10 step to going back to your first love. It's simply yielding yourself to the father, opening yourself up before him and him responding. You saying, father, pour your love out on me. I want to go back to my first love and he will respond. So I'm going to end this episode. I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Father, there are those who are listening today that want to go back to their first love, that want to be compelled by love when they preach the gospel. They want to love that person the way you love them. And in doing so, they give them truth. Truth that that Holy Spirit manifests and responds in like. They want to take your word everywhere. And there be power and authority behind it. And so, Father, I ask that right now as they're before you and they're humble before you and they're yielding to you, Father, I ask that you would pour out your love upon them. That the love, that your love would just fill them. That your presence will overshadow them. And fill them and overflow them. That when they go out and whatever they do, they are compelled by love and preaching the gospel. Because their desire is the same desire as Jesus' desire was when he was on this earth. And it's to bring people back to the Father. Bring truth to those that are bound in sin and bring them back to the Father. So, Father, I ask that you use them, love on them, reveal your love to them. If there are those that have not felt your love and they're in a place where they realize that they need to repent of their sin, Father, I ask that they would humble themselves before you and that they would experience your love, the Father's love. You would pour out your love upon your children. Thank you, Father, for being so good, for being kind, merciful, for giving us grace. Though we don't deserve, you pour out your grace upon us freely, and I thank you so much. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus that he was, willingly to, he was willing to pay the price for our sin, that we may once, a, once again be in a place that Adam and Eve were, and be able to abide with you. And that we get to sit as children of God, co-heirs in Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you will do. Continue to just sit in that place and let him love on you. And until next time, be blessed.